This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. This is our thought leader segment hosted by Ali Mwakaneno Gakweli. And today I am sitting with Billy Owino, who is the CEO of TransUnion Kenya. And we want to talk about the lending space, specifically how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected lending. What are some of the trends that we've observed in that sector and how um, companies like TransUnion are playing a leading role in providing data that helps lenders reach more customers and still balance the risk. Welcome to the show, Billy. Thank you. Thank you, Alice, for having me. So maybe to begin the conversation, Billy, what are some of the trends in access to credits pre-COVID-19 and that we've seen that might have been affected, say, by the pandemic? And uh, maybe what are some of the things that we can expect after? So looking at credit pre-COVID-19, during the pandemic and after. Thanks for, for that question. I think, um, yeah, this is a really good time to compare you know, what, what are some of the differences we've seen so far um, during the pandemic um, and pre, pre-pandemic. And I think um, a couple of things really come into play. Uh, what we know is that um, the Kenyan market has been grow- had been growing prior to the pandemic in terms of um, access to credit, um, mainly in the private sector. Yeah? So, so well, you know, private sector growth had been growing decently well pre-pandemic. Um, what we know historically is that uh, we had gone through a depressed period in terms of growth of credit to consumers and businesses um, around about um, 2016-17 uh, up to 2018, especially when we had the zero rating or when we had the interest rates capped uh, uh, at some point. And that affected, of course, um, uh, you know, growth of credit to, to the private sector, which is consumers and and businesses, yeah. However, um, 2019 was a fairly good year because um, I think prior to that, uh, growth of credit was um, sitting at about uh, between four and five percent year on year, uh, and in 2019 this jumped to uh, over seven percent. Yeah, so we saw quite a healthy growth in um, you know uh, growth of credit to the consumers. Uh, but anyway, as you know, the story so far. Um, this kind of like got curtailed or slowed down heavily uh, post-pandemic. Yeah? Now, a number of things were driving uh, the fairly decent growth of credit uh, prior to that. One was um, the banks focusing a lot on uh, digital lending. So digital lending was a big driver in terms of access uh, uh, to credit. Um, you know that most of the key or the main players uh, in the banking sector, uh, especially the tier one banks, yeah, they all launched digital lending solutions, which really expanded uh, the base that was having access to, especially transactional credit. Um, trade finance also had been growing very, very well. Um, credit to small businesses, uh, especially. Um, 2019 was was uh, quite a year that uh, we had seen some decent growth in that sector. And then vehicle asset finance was, uh, you know, uh, growing well. Yeah? And where the banks were focusing on was both um, in terms of uh, unsecured and secured, uh, both sectors uh, or both uh, aspects of financing were actually doing quite well uh, prior to the pandemic. 
we know that uh, there's an increase in um, non-performing loans. I think um, up until 2019, this had grown to about 12.3, 12.5% uh, in terms of gross NPLs in the sector, um, rising from just around about uh, 11%. Yeah? So you had started seeing an increase in uh, non-performing loans, mainly from the digital loans. Digital loans were kind of like a big driver on NPLs in the sector. Um, a bit of trade finance and the SME sector were also driving up NPLs. Yeah? We know that that number has, has gone up um, since then. I think uh, when you look at 2020, um, gross NPLs in the market uh, has risen from um, just from about uh, 13% to now it's sitting at a high of 14.5%. Yeah? So it's really the highest we've seen in the in the banking sector in terms of uh, NPLs. So, so there's an increase in NPLs. Um, lending to the sector was depressed uh, because I think most of the lenders focused on restructuring of facilities uh, in 2020. You've mentioned a little bit of, of the rise in, in NPLs. Of course, we've seen uh, different banks in the country take, take up a few measures just to help help their customers um, get through the pandemic with some extending, you know, lending holidays and whatnot. How is the rise in NPLs affecting the banks and um, by extension, the general access to credit to the country? And what do you think lenders can do, you know, as we keep seeing the different developments in the pandemic, such as, you know, the vaccine. Yeah, so so the rising NPLs, of course, um, are always kind of like, uh, you know, a worrying thing um, in, in the sector because, I mean, it points to uh, asset quality. Yeah? Um, any uh, deterioration in asset quality in the industry uh, doesn't bode well for, for the sector. Yeah? One thing I have to say, though, is that... Uh, if you look at the basics of the financial sector, especially the banking sector, it's very healthy. You know, cash liquidity ratios uh, for the bank are well above 50%, um, which is also well above, you know, the recommended uh, rate by the central bank. So the basics are there, the fundamentals are really right. Yeah? However, um, deteriorating asset quality ratio, uh, quality, um, we find that you know, it puts the stress on lenders in terms of how much they can open their books because, you know, rising NPLs, of course, uh, points to uh, stress in the market, yeah? Um, customers are not paying. Uh, we know there's uh, major, major uh, sectors that were uh, heavily affected uh, during the pandemic. The hospitality um, was heavily affected, um, especially in the first year of the pandemic, yeah? Um, hospitality, travel and tourism, um, real estate, uh, quite a bit of that uh, was heavily affected. Yeah? Now, uh, with rising NPLs, um, mainly driven by that sector, and of course, pointing to a general stress in the market, um, it therefore means that lenders have to be uh, more careful. They have to really uh, look at, you know, uh, tighten their rules in terms of uh, their lending policies which now translates to a slowdown in terms of access to credit. Yeah? So whilst um, the lenders were initially bullish, the market fundamentals were looking good, um, lenders were fairly paying well, uh, but that jump in NPL, of course, it has, it has meant that uh, lenders are about to take a stricter uh, view and less risky view in terms of who they're lending to. So it's focusing mainly on uh, the perceived good customers, um, and reducing lending on sectors that are still viewed as risky or still heavily impacted or consumers who are still been heavily impacted. So we'll see definitely 
Now, and you've already seen it, a drop in terms of uh, lending to some of these risky sectors uh, that have been impacted by the pandemic. Looking towards more of what, what's going to happen, rather, what we expect after the pandemic, or rather as the pandemic goes on, one of the roles which data from companies like TransUnion plays is balancing risk, especially from lenders. What would be the best way you would recommend in which lenders can navigate, you know, fraud, identity theft, and loan stacking, of course, as we walk out of the pandemic? So I think the key thing that um, as TransUnion, you know, working with uh, our partners in the financial sector are really focusing on at the moment um, is we know that this is a period of, um, of course, um, you know, they need to protect their books. That's, that's normally the key thing, number one. Uh, is to protect your books, um, look at the quality of your assets, be able to collect better um, in terms of collecting. But at the same time, they still need to lend, yeah? Uh, be able to lend better, use data better to lend, uh, while at the same time looking for uh, new opportunities, but in a very strategic way, yeah? So, so it's a couple of things. Protect your book uh, or your portfolio. Look for growth opportunities, but very strategic and very targeted because... You know, it's still it's still messy out there. Yeah? We are still in the middle of the pandemic. And then the third piece is um, really collect better, manage delinquencies in a better way, in a proactive way. Yeah? And that's really where we come in as TransUnion, um, is across the life cycle, what we're doing um, in this space and working with lenders is to help them really figure out uh, better use of data. Yeah? Because use of data is going to be very, very critical uh, going forward. And number one, uh, on the existing customers uh, to help them protect their books. And I'll tell you what that means. And just to help you appreciate that fact, uh, if you look at it in the first year of the pandemic, um, remember that uh, lenders they restructured about 57% uh, of their book in the banking sector, yeah? which was a huge amount, about 1.7 uh, trillion uh, shillings that was restructured. Now, a key common component of that, well, that's where use of data comes in and how TransUnion uh, is helping lenders in that in that space is to help them, you know, um, be able to monitor their books. So out of this 1.7 million um, book value that has been restructured of the customers who have taken up restructuring, um, they use data from us to help them, you know, monitor those books, you know, who's looking like they're coming out of stress, uh, what is the data saying about them, is there an opportunity to uh, open up and start learning to them uh, better because the data is showing that they're now more capable, either in terms of how they're transacting or the facilities or disposable income. Uh, or on the other side, who's looking like they're still under distress? Uh, what is the data saying and how can you extend better facilities to them or even manage, the, manage them proactively before they go into delinquency? So offer them maybe additional payment holidays, um, offer them other, you know, facilities that can help them reduce the exposure uh, through maybe things like consolidation. So that's one one thing we, we do with the lenders, uh, just in terms of managing the existing books. Yeah? And the ones that are uh, looking for new opportunities to grow, again, data comes in very handy. Um, and the data can point them. Uh, so if they look at... Uh, uh, so a couple of things, look at their book and, you know, their risk appetite. Look at the trends in the market. Because remember, at TransUnion, we have an, the, the total 360 view of the trends in the market, yeah? 
um, which are the which are the products that are growing well, uh, which are the products that are less risky. Uh, is it credit cards? Is it uh, digital loan? Is it trade credit? So we're able to provide to the industry insights um, and very timely insight that you get on a monthly basis that can help the lenders figure out um, markets that they can still lend to uh, within their risk uh, appetite without exposing themselves to more risk. Yeah? So, so that's a, another area that we help the lenders on. And then the third piece is on um, collections. And collections is an interesting one because, you know, we've talked about, you know, non-performing loans are going up uh, into delinquency, uh, which is, of course, you know, coming out of this uh, pandemic and the stress that it has put on customers uh, in terms of paying. So lenders also need to be uh, more efficient uh, and more targeted when it comes to collecting them. And I'll tell you what that means and how data comes in again and how we have help in the sector is to really give them the right tools to determine who really has the potential to pay back a facility. Yeah? Because um, let's take Bank A. Bank A has 100 customers who have gone into default. Huh? Now, with their own view of the data of their customers, they don't know out of these 100 who they should target on in terms of focusing on um, for their loan efforts. Maybe the data out there or the 360 view of that customer would show that uh, customer five, for example, looks like uh, the one that was most likely to repay a loan because um, they seem to have paid off another facility elsewhere. So they've got more disposable income. Um, they seem to have uh, picked on new other facilities. Um, so maybe they've got additional sources of income that's allowing them to pick up new facilities. So we are using data to model and say, out of these 100 customers that we have, or you as Bank A has, um, don't call them from number one to 100, but be targeted. Uh, the data shows that maybe it's only 20 of these that you can collect from uh, efficiently at this time. So focus on those 20. Um, and focus your efforts elsewhere in terms of who you're going to collect on. So we're helping in collections and providing the data that tells you that. But then you mentioned a key point, which uh, is also on um, onboarding the right customers and uh, preventing fraud. Uh, statistics have shown that since the past pandemic uh, started, um, fraud in the digital space uh, has gone up uh, quite a bit. And this is globally. Yeah? Now, digital space, uh, financial sector, uh, attempted fraud has has gone up across across the board, and it's just because you know with digital acceleration, um, you can always be sure that there'll be fraud uh, that comes with that. Yeah, um, so we've got solutions in the industry that we've uh, we've launched um, in the last couple of months, and it's uh, digital onboarding solutions which helps really. Um, lenders to be sure who they're onboarding if they're bringing a new, a new customer on board uh, in terms of fraud, preventing fraud in that space when you're onboarding a new customer digitally uh, because now we know that a lot of lenders are focusing on not having to bring in or you don't have to walk into a bank to open an account. Yeah, If you're going to um, do all that onboarding digitally, um, then we help you solve for fraud in that space. We help you solve for fraud in terms of when your customers are, uh, are transacting uh, which devices are they using? Are the devices flagged elsewhere as having been involved in fraud? So we're able to help lenders uh, even see the devices that the customers are using. And, uh, sorry, sorry have the, the devices being flagged elsewhere? 
Yes, so so in terms of device, because remember, uh, with the move to digital, um, there's a device always involved. Yeah, it could be a smartphone you're using your uh, lenders app. Um, it could be a computer you're doing online online banking. So we've got a solution called Iovation, um, which is a global solution. Um, it maintains a database of. Uh, of devices across across the globe, the ones that have been flagged for fraudulent cases, uh, fraudulent attempts. Um, so we help lenders with, in terms of um, looking at not just the risk from onboarding the individual, assessing and knowing that Billy is Billy, that is just uh, transacting on my platform is the right customer, but also the device risk. So lenders can be able to see uh, if a device has been used in fraudulent cases elsewhere, um, and be able to then take that into account when they are transacting with their customers. So, so it's those four components that we're really helping our lenders with uh, to really help them. Number one, um, lend better, protect their books, collect better, but also solve for fraud uh, at the same time. Again, with the move to digital, maybe let me spin this off a little bit. Um, of course, we we can both agree that lenders, especially in the Kenyan economy, have such a pivotal role to play in recovery, given the reliance towards lenders like banks as sources of funding in Kenya compared to other markets, which largely rely on the capital markets. What are some of the new data points that TransUnion has maybe adopted that has or will enhance um, credit as the economy recovers? Yeah, I think um, that, that's a really good question, Ali, um, and it's a critical one that um, as an industry we need to talk about. And it's really down to, you know, as, as the financial sector, the lending sector, uh, banking sector or fintechs, how can we use data to lend better? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a really, really critical piece. Now, we know that um, using data can unlock lending to uh, consumers and businesses without even increasing your risk uh, exposure. Yeah? And what you mean by that is that um, one of the reasons why we have not really had a strong growth in terms of access to credit um, is because, remember, lending is, you look at risk, yeah? Uh, you look at the probability of default. Uh, can this person pay me back, yeah? Now, because we have still relied on just traditional views of the customer at the point where we're accessing them, um, it's been maybe a lender looking at, you know, internally, what's my view of, of, uh, of, of, of Billy, if he's my existing customer? Uh, how has he been repaying the loans previously? Um, does he have an asset that I can, I can hold on to uh, in case something goes wrong? Or uh, does he have a salary yeah? or, something, or what's his income? That's kind of like the traditional view that the industry has always used in terms of uh, lending. Yeah? But now you start hearing of things like business pricing, um, which the central bank has been pushing since last year, and uh, it should uh, really kick in uh, towards the end of this year uh, full force. As to say, listen, we've since 2012, we've been collecting data on consumers and how they're repaying and, and, and building scorecards on that. Yeah. And, you know, having a credit score is like having a financial CV, if I can, if I can call it that, yeah? It's really to say, you know, um, this is Billy, this is how I've been borrowing and paying back. Uh, I borrow on time, sometimes I borrow even um, before time is up, I've never missed on my payments. 
uh, and I've built a really good credit score. Um, for us, the, the top credit score is, a, is an AA score. Yeah? But unfortunately, um, in the sector today, what's been happening is that uh, we approached a one-size-fits-all, where um, regardless of you, Ali, building a good credit score, and me, Billy, having a poor credit score because I missed some payments, stuff like that, but we end up being charged the same interest rate, for example, if you're applying for the same facility or getting the same tax, yeah? So you really lose out early on your side on having a, having built up a really good credit profile because the benefits don't really accrue to you, yeah? Now, that's what now the industry, um, the regulators say, central bank is pushing and uh, the banks um, and us are working uh, together with them in that sector to say, you know, those who maintain a good profile, good credit history, they need to be rewarded for it they should get better terms um if uh, billy was going to be asked for um a security for that facility uh, and me and you are asking for the same facility they won't ask you for a security because you've got a better credit profile it shows that you're better yeah? so you get better terms you get better credit uh, i mean interest rates yeah so that's one thing that's going to be really exciting um going forward and and it's built around someone's credit score um, and one thing we've done as TransUnion is to continually, you know, relook at our credit scores, um, our scoring models. Um, it works off the global, you know, standards uh, to ensure that uh, every consumer, be it somebody who's taking a big facility like credit finance or a mortgage or down to a credit, uh, um, a digital loan, a mobile loan, everyone gets a credit score. Yeah? And that credit score, you know, we are pushing it out to the banks. The, oh, all the lenders have adopted it now. And the next step now will be for them to pick up the credit score and uh, be able to use it when they're assessing you and reward the good ones. Um, but at the same time, the ones who are risky, don't deny them because the, what they, the industry um, uh, practice has been towards more of a cutoff um, system where we say anybody below maybe um, the GG score, which is viewed as risky, just cut it off, don't lend it to them. But uh, with better use of data and credit scoring models, you could say, okay, we're not going to deny your facility. We'll give you a loan, but it will be at higher interest rate, for example. Yeah. So you've still been able to lend, uh, but also change your terms to be able to cover yourself instead of denying the person uh, a loan, so I, which I think will be really good for, for the industry. Yeah? The second piece, which is um, a solution you're very excited about in terms of data points, um, you're making available to lenders now is what we call and allow me to just dive into this a little bit and explain why it would be really important um is what you call um, a trended view yeah uh, to be able to provide a trended view uh, of a customer over a period of time yeah? and i'll tell you what that what that means so remember in the first piece we talked about a score and a score is to say i've checked on ali at this time i checked on billy at this time they've got two different scores yeah and it's a snapshot a score of you at a particular point in time, which is good. Already shows, you know, how you stand in terms of your financial CV, if you can call it that. Yeah? Now, the next iteration of that, which is something we've launched in the market is a trendless score, is to say, um, assuming case scenario, Ali, you and me both have a credit score of, uh, say, uh, 600 points. That's what our credit score is. Uh, so we all, you know, if you look at it on the outset, any lender who's looking at it might say, oh, okay, these guys have the same um, credit risk score. Yeah? Because remember, credit score is really just looking at your probability to, to default 
you know, what's the likelihood of you defaulting? And it looks at your history in the past 24 months, yeah? So that's really what it does. So if we pull um, our scores at the same time today, me and you, and the lender looks is looking at us, let's assume you're applying for the same facility. Um, it will look like we're the same, yeah? So you might end up getting uh, the same terms because our credit scores are the same, yeah? However, with the trended view, we go an extra mile and even give better insights to the lender to say, um, guess what? Ali, who is at a 600 today, um, six months ago, he was at 400 and something. So in the last six months, he's actually been slowly building up his credit uh, profile. Uh, he's getting better and better and better. Yeah? Because, you know, the higher the score, the better your credit profile is. Yeah? So he's moved from maybe 400 to 600 in the last six months. Um, he's paying off his loans in time. Um, he's reduced his exposure. Um, he's not picking up on too many facilities, so he's also not over-indebted. So he's getting better, yeah? And then Billy, in the meantime, has dropped from, let's say, 700 to, to 600. So he's taking on more debt. Um, he started missing his installment payments. Uh, he's showing signs of distress. Uh, so there's, there's something happening. His score is dropping, yeah? So then that suddenly changes the story because uh, we are no longer the same again. You cannot be viewed as the same. In fact, the lender would be more inclined to lend to you, Ali, who's been building up your profile the last six months, than me, Billy, who's been actually dropping uh, in terms of my credit folder and, and becoming riskier. Yeah? So whilst we're all 600, suddenly the story changes because of the trended view, being able to look at how I've been performing the last six months, and you can now be able to tell, aha, I'm willing to put my money on Ali, who's been improving his credit score and doing better than Billy, who also looks like him. They're also at 600, but then he's deteriorating. Yeah, and I think that's 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 going to be a really powerful tool to the sector. Lenders have um, um, tried it; they're very happy with what they're seeing because now it allows them to even have better insights at the point of lending instead of just a snapshot view. Is really to have a historical uh, trended view and really know who they can put their money on in terms of at the point of lending. That same uh, report also comes in handy when it comes to portfolio management, yeah? With portfolio management, this is where lenders um, review on a monthly basis and to say, uh, how are the customers we've extended loans to performing, yeah? On a month-on-month -month basis, yeah? That's what's called portfolio management. Um, <clears throat> how are they performing? Are there any ones that are looking like uh, they could be under stress? Are there any ones who are looking like they are performing well and are even ready for better facilities, load consolidations, um, or upsell into other facilities? Maybe they only have a personal loan with me, but you know the data tells me I can also give them a vehicle asset finance or a mortgage because they're doing well. No? So with portfolio management and trended view, um, those two also come in together very well because on a monthly basis, you can also see how someone is trending. Yeah. Now in my case, where I've been dropping the last six months, um, they'll pick it up when they do the portfolio management uh, exercise with us. Uh, and the data will tell them that, listen, something is happening with Billy. He's um, under stress or something is going wrong. His score is dropping. He's getting over indebted. So proactively manage him before he goes into default. Now that's really, really critical because, um, you know, instead of what's been happening today where lenders end up with surprises, um, one day I just go into default, I'm not able to pay. 
But if they had picked it up six months, three months earlier, they could have put in, uh, you know, treatment strategies uh, because they could have seen that my score is dropping. Um, my facilities are becoming more and more. I'm looking around, shopping around elsewhere because I'm over indebted. They could have put in treatment strategies uh, to really help me manage that before I go into default, yeah? And which is really going to be good for the lenders because now it, it puts the power in their hands in how they can proactively manage their customers um, and not only come in when it's the surprise of somebody has gone into default huh? or their areas have built up, which is something that's going to be really critical uh, for the lenders going forward and we're excited to introduce it in the market. Really, I'm happy you talked about, you know, customized lending terms based on, of course, risk assessment. But to that, I have a question, which is, hey, um, to people out there who, because see, we're building, we're building a credit rating based on someone's previous exposure to uh, lending institutions, aren't we? How best can people who have not been previously um, exposed to lending institutions, maybe because they don't have a need or they're just not there yet, build their credit score such that when they start or rather when they do need such kind of financial assistance, they're in a good place. Uh, a second part to that question would be, in most cases, the risk rating of a customer simply looks at their ability, ability to repay. What are some of the proactive ways organizations like TransUnion can also gauge the willingness to to repay a loan such that it's a more comprehensive risk rating beyond just the ability. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Ali. Let me, let me start with this second part, if, if, if that's okay. The second part of the question, because I think it, it will segue into the first piece, if that's okay with you. Yes, please. Yeah. So, so no, you're right. I think a, a key thing to focus on, uh, especially in a market like ours, where, um, you know, there's still, data is still limited in terms of credit data uh, i mean it comes up you know like you say in the first part of your question um it's a lending activity with from from the formal uh, financial sector uh, with the banks and the likes or to you know circles um, as long as it's reported huh? uh, digital lending um <clears throat> one thing we've seen is that uh, mobile lending has really expanded the base quite a lot quite a lot yeah just to put it into perspective we now have about, um, you know, uh, 13, going to 14 million um, active, credit active consumer profiles uh, in our base. And um, almost 70% of these um, have come into the credit sharing ecosystem through mobile loans, yeah? Um, not your traditional bank loans, yeah? So, so mobile loans, digital lending has really been a massive, massive driver in terms of expanding the base of customers who have built um, a credit profile. Yeah? And that points to something that um, you know, we are focusing on uh, as TransUnion and, and the industry at large is focusing on, is to really say there's more alternative data out there. So how do we bring in that alternative data into the fold? Yeah? And the reality is there's, there's a lot of alternative data on consumers uh, that can also be used to build, um, to even improve on the richness of their of their credit profile, yeah? So we've seen we've moved from your traditional uh, credit, which is your bank loans, you know, your classic finance mortgages, the likes, um, SACOs, SACOs are coming to the fold. Uh, that's even going to get better this year once, because uh, the law was changed to mandate all the SACOs to report to the Bureau, so that's going to even improve uh, MFPs. Um, but the, the massive, massive jump we saw was when we started getting mobile lending 
data coming in, you know, your emissaries, your talas, um, KCB and PESA, that, that's really enriched the base quite a bit, yeah? Um, but there's still more. There's still a lot out there that uh, we're, we're trying to harness, working with the, the telcos, uh, working with other fintechs um, who are already out there harnessing more data. And I'll give you a good example, yeah? A good example is in the, if you look at the agricultural sector, um, in terms of access to credit, we know that agricultural sector is one of the most underserved. Yeah, they don't get a lot of access to credit. I mean, um, the agricultural sector only accounts for three point two percent of the loan portfolio lending to uh, the consumer and the private sector. Yeah, which is a very small portion if you think about it, because we are primarily an agricultural society. Yeah, I think. Um, the agricultural sector accounts for quite a big chunk of our, of our population. Yeah? But in terms of access to credit, they're only getting 3.2%. Now, one of the biggest challenges there is because the agricultural sector is viewed as risky. Yeah? But, um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of uh, organizations now have come into that space and they're trying to digitize the data, uh, make the data structured and usable in a way that um, an organization like us, uh, TransUnion, who build credit scores, can consume that data and help to build a credit score on a farmer who maybe have never taken a loan, um, but they have a lot of other activity out there that can still be used to build their credit or be used to assess them in terms of their probability to default on how well they can pay back. It's um, the output, you know, uh, the whole value, value chain, how much they're sending. He might, he might be sending uh, 10, 10 liters of milk every day um uh, to his collection point he's paid for it um he takes um he takes farm implements or uh, farm inputs uh, on a regular basis uh, from his local circle and he pays back on time um he delivers food in the market gets paid for it uh, but that is not never really captured it's still very unstructured yeah um he has paid school fees you know for his six children all the way through uh high school never defaulted on school fees yeah um, but that record is somewhere. So what I'm saying is that uh, harnessing alternative data is really going to be the next big phase. And we're already involved in that space. Uh, we've started uh, uh, testing and uh, trying a few of the data that is coming through. And that's what we're going to focus on a lot, also partnering with telcos. Um, you know, your mobile operators like the Safari Chrome, Airtel, and look at, you know, working with the fintechs, uh, foundations like MasterCard Foundation is, is active in that space, Visa. Uh, is to pull together that unstructured data that has, is already existing out there and use that to build um, better consumer profiles uh, over and above what we have today. So that's the that's a key piece for us. Yeah, alternative data is going to be really big, and we started work on that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and then on your first question around building profiles, I would say if you're not borrowing, um, don't don't borrow just for the sake of it. Um, take credit only if you know what you're going to do with it, yeah? So if you're somebody, how, however unfortunately today, you'll only have a, start building a credit profile if you take a loan, yeah? Um, what mobile lending has done is that it has almost put the ability to take a loan on everyone's uh, hands, yeah? Um, so don't shy away from it. What I'd want to encourage consumers is don't shy away from taking a loan because it helps you build uh, a consumer, uh, you know, a good profile. But use it wisely, use it for what you want to use it for, and use that to build a credit profile. Even a mobile loan 
can help somebody build a good credit score because it is a credit that's being captured. Yeah, so don't shy away from that, but only use it, use it well. Um, we've got a service called Nipashe, which any consumer can access today uh, on their mobile phone, and it allows them to be able to access their credit profile, see how it's performing. That's that uh, 500 shillings loan that I took on maybe Mshwari or Tala and paid back on time. How is it affecting my credit profile? Yeah, they can have a view of that using uh, a product called Nipashe, which anyone can get on their mobile phone today to get a credit profile. Yeah, so don't shy away from a loan, but use it for a good purpose, but it will help you build a credit profile. It's not the other way that if I've not taken a loan, I have a good credit profile. No, because if you're not taking a loan, a lender cannot be able to see or assess whether you can pay back because you've never taken. But if you've taken and you're paying back, they'll be able to assess you. And that's what a credit profile is all about. A follow-up question as, as we slowly approach at the end of the interview is, um, you know, with the massive amount of data, especially accessed by um, lenders in the fintech space, also comes with the responsibility to protect the data of the borrowers and to use it in um, ways that follow regulation and are also ethical, which has not always been the case, especially in our markets. We've had concerns in the general public that some lenders would sort of step out of the mandate in which they're supposed to use the data, especially when it comes to collection to contact, for example, um, people listed in the in the phone book of, of, of a customer with a loan. What are some of the recommendations that you would have in terms of how lenders, especially mobile lenders, can better handle uh, the data of their borrowers? And what are some of the uh, recommendations you'd have for the regulator, if you don't mind? Yeah, that's a really good point, Ali, and that's actually really, really uh, critical discussion to have at this time. Um, because remember, we need to especially digital, the more we go digital and the reality is, and from what I've shared, you know, since 70% of the consumers who are coming on online in terms of being credit active today uh, through digital platforms, yeah? Meaning that we are getting more and more active digitally, uh, which means there's a, a lot of our information that we're also sharing out there that's being harnessed to uh, open up planning to us, yeah? Now, I think a couple of things are really key now um, and I think the first one really sits at um, the center of this is consumer awareness and education. Yeah? Is, is, is something that is really, really key. It's something that uh, the industry can no longer wish away. It has to sit at the heart of what everyone does, be it a bank, be it a, uh, a fintech, a circle. Um, we have to educate our consumers on what their rights are. That responsibility now has to sit with anyone who's lending um to take it upon themselves to educate their consumers on number one what does checking credit involve um how can you manage it how can you use it better it's something that lenders cannot wish away they have to include it in in all their processes yeah um we know it becomes difficult when it comes to digital lending because you you don't deal face to face with anybody uh, you're going to a mobile phone sign up uh, take a loan and go and move on yeah but lenders can no longer wish away the responsibility to educate their consumers. In that also, we have to educate our consumer, all the, everyone of the consumers on their rights. Yeah. Um, the Data Protection Act has come into place, uh, really critical. Uh, it was about time. Uh, we are really, really supportive of it because it is necessary to be there, especially where we know that 
you know, the industry has already moved towards uh, where it's use of uh, your digital profile, your digital data, and how it's being used, yeah? So you have to educate consumers on, you know, the Data Protection Act, how I'm going to use your data, and what your rights are. Everybody needs to know that, yeah? Um, because unfortunately, we've seen cases, and I think you alluded to that, where um, because of lack of that consumer education and what their rights are, some digital lenders have picked on uh, somebody's, you know, data because then they're looking for the money. And you know, at some point when you're looking for money, um, you're desperate, you want that money, you say yes to everything. But what you're saying yes to is going to be used either to harass you, harass your contacts and your relatives at the point of, um, you know, maybe when they're doing collection, which is really unscrupulous, yeah? Um, so, so it's very critical that um, uh, consumers know what their rights are, how their data is being used, and also uh, the right of refusal, um, the right to say, I don't give you my data, I cannot give you my data, uh, and they have that right, yeah? Uh, and also how to trace disputes. So in case of a dispute, where can I go to if my data has not been used properly? If a digital lender is using my data to, uh, number one, expose me or harass other people who are associated with me, you have a right to raise a dispute, um, which is through the Data Protection um, uh, Commissioner. How do you access that? So you need to educate them. So the, so the regulator needs to really come into that play. Uh, all the regulators have to work together, Central Bank, uh, Data Protection Commissioner, uh, Competitions Authority. There has to be a very concerted effort, and it should sit around Let's educate our consumers. Let's 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 protect them. Let's also make them aware of the tools available to them in terms of the Data Protection Act. But it is very critical if we get data protection right, where um, the data processors, you know, the lenders, the fintechs who are using my data to give me a service, yes, but they also take the right that responsibility and know that they cannot just use it anyhow. We are. I think the industry will even grow better because data will be used better. Consumers will have their right on how their data is used uh, and it will open up just for more innovation, which I think we're very supportive about. Last question, Billy, um, again, alluding to the, the the collaboration that you talked about, especially uh, with reference to what the government can do. You know, as we recover from the pandemic again, how can credit scoring organizations work together with um, lenders in the space as well as regulators to ensure that there is there's favorable data that will allow lenders to extend credits with minimal risk. And on the regulator side, this favorable policy that will also allow our lenders to lend at favorable rates for both the customers and the institutions. Cool. Um, let me start from the consumer perspective. So, um, as an industry, and that's one thing that we are very passionate about as TransUnion, we have to, you know, um, <clears throat> kind of like tied to what I said initially, uh, make the tools available to consumers um, to be able to, on the go, view their profiles, uh, understand how their data is being used, what's being reported on them um, on, on a monthly basis, um, and also in case of a dispute or uh, there's wrongful information that has been reported on their credit uh, profile, you know, how they can go about uh, rectifying that. Yeah, because it's really, really critical that consumers know, and unfortunately, they don't know that very well. Um, many people don't know that uh, if you end up with a default listing, that's not the end of, of everything. Yeah, 
Um, I saw a clip where someone said, you know, if you end up in a CRB, that's it, your life is over. Yeah, it, it's not the case. It's not. It's not over. Um, there are mechanisms to rehabilitate yourself. You know, paying off a loan, starting to rebuild that profile. It's a CV. It's a CV you're working on. It doesn't mean that it shows that you failed in this job. You cannot take on another job. Yeah, um, it's a CV. So. What's the process to rebuild your life? Uh, to you know, paying off a loan, uh, getting it running again. How does it affect you? Yeah? So it's not the end of it. If you end up with a default listing, and we help, we have we have a lot of tools on our Nipasha platform, which can be accessed um, either through you know um, SMS two one two seven two or an app on the Play Store. It's called Nipasha, and you'll access tools that can help you figure out you know just you know how how your credit profile is being affected yeah? and what impacts it. How to build a good credit profile um if you're working towards goals if you're, you're a small business and you want to build your profile to the point that you can take a bigger loan how, how you can go about that so so we're very passionate about consumer education we um there's an industry initiative going on at the moment um through treasury and and and, and the world bank um it was affected by, by the pandemic but uh, it should kick off either towards the end of this year depending on how COVID situation happens or next year, uh, we'll kick off um, a really, really uh, intensive consumer education program. And that's going to involve all the lenders, the banks, uh, treasuries involved, uh, all the CRBs. And it's to educate the person all the way to the ground on what is a CRB, what happens, um, um, is it good or bad to be there? It is good to be there, you can use it well. Uh, if case there's a problem, this is how you go about it. These are the people you need to contact. Uh, you're right. For a lot of people, for example, don't know that um, the regulation states very clearly before a lender reports a default on you, they have to give you a 30-day notice. People don't know that. So um, was the due process followed for you to be listed on the bureau? Um, these, are, these are the rights that consumers need to know. Consumers need to know their right to raise a dispute and it should be looked into. And it has even timelines. Um, or what should be followed if you raise a risk. So all this needs, needs to happen. Yeah? So consumer education is key uh, and awareness. Um, so look out for that campaign coming through. Uh, as far as you know, we continue, we continue doing our own um, awareness campaigns uh, through our social media. So we'll keep on doing that and putting out, you know, just how consumers can take advantage of the passion. So that's one. Um, and then from from the industry side, the you know, the lenders, um, couple of things um number one is yes you're putting out you know tools uh, to help the lenders lend better uh to help the lenders um use data better and use uh, our solutions to uh, open up a credit but without increasing their uh their, their risk uh risk you know risk exposure which is really really critical yeah and i think if we use data beta uh, I believe, you know, as an industry, we can lend better to SMEs, for example. Yeah, we need to open up lending to SMEs, yeah? There's data there that can help us lend to SMEs better. There's data there that can help us lend to the agricultural sector better, which is really strapped of, um, of, of credit, but it's really critical to us, yeah? So, so, so my encouragement to all the industry players is, you know, let's continue partnering, uh, take advantage of uh, the solutions that, uh, as an industry, you're providing. You're not just... Uh, data depository we are not just a, a, a listing uh, body yeah? but that data that is being shared across the industry 
take advantage of the solutions that you have uh, that can help you lend better to the consumers and and their businesses because we want to open up um, uh, you know uh, lending to all the sectors to really kickstart back the economies as we recover from from the pandemic here. Yeah? But at the same time, um, help you protect your books, uh, protect your portfolio, or if you need to collect, also help you collect better. Yeah? So, so that's a, that's a key aspect of it in terms of use of data. And then I think for the regulator, um, we continue engaging with the regulator. We are one of the most forward-looking regulators in the region. Um, very, they've been very supportive uh, of the initiatives that uh, we've come up with as TransUnion uh, and also the industry. Um, just in terms of these new solutions that you're putting out there, yeah? uh, they've really been supporting all that. They have been, uh, Central Bank, and really, um, it's my hats off to them. They've really supported us very well also in terms of, um, you know, getting the industry to move towards risk-based pricing and use of costs, yeah? Uh, which is something that's really going to benefit business, businesses and consumers where, um, you know, having a good score will translate to something. You get better facilities, you get better terms uh, and their lending. And that's really been thanks to the regulator really pushing that agenda. Um, they're trying to figure out how to bring more sanity in the digital lending space. So we're continually engaging with the regulator in that space. Uh, and I think... Uh, Going by how it's been handled previously, it will be successful, and I think we are going to see more growth in the digital lending space, uh, but in a really, in a really well-structured manner uh, that puts at the heart of everything, you know, consumer protection. And I think it will do very well for us. So, so it's looking good. I think um, we've seen signs of recovery. Uh, if you look at the first quarter reports, uh, the lenders showed some really good signs of return to profitability. Um, so we, we are very bullish about how the market is going to look like. And I think, you know, come the end of this year, consumers and businesses should start seeing even more benefits coming out of this sector, just through the new regulations that have been put into place, but also the data that um, and new solutions that uh, the lenders are going to take advantage of to lend better to the consumers and the businesses. Thank you so much, Billy. I think this is all I had for today. Um, thank you for joining this discussion and uh, looking forward to having more with you. Thanks a lot, Ali. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed the discussion. All right. To our listeners, that was Billy Owino, who is the CEO of TransUnion in Kenya. And we were just discussing the different trends in um, lending pre-COVID-19, during the pandemic, and what we can expect after the pandemic, as well as the, navigating some of the intimate issues in the Kenyan lending space, such as, you know, challenges like fraud, identity theft, and loan stacking, which lenders have continued to face and have been accentuated sort of by the pandemic as well as how best uh, lenders can use data to extend credit to businesses and individuals thank you for joining today's show my name is ali mokanenogafeli goodbye <laughs>